Gaura Koto. I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to Insight. This week, tackling soft diplomacy, politics, rugby and the Pacific. New Zealand's Ministry of Foreign Affairs commissioned a study last year into the feasibility of a Pacific-based super rugby side. The players want it, administrators are keen, and the competition's governing body, SANZAR, is open to the changes after 2020. But RNZ Pacific's sports reporter, Vinnie Wiley, investigates who will pay for it, who's in charge, and why the New Zealand government is getting involved. Welcome and welcome to Suva the capital of Fiji, for the first ever Super Rugby match to be played in this wonderful country. And how in July 2016, the Chiefs beat the Crusaders in the first ever Super Rugby match to be played in the Pacific Islands, a game that cost Fijian taxpayers 1.6 million New Zealand dollars. A further two matches have been played in the Fijian capital since as part of a three-year deal signed with the Fiji government. Samoa also hosted a Super Rugby match, the Auckland-based Blues against the Queensland Reds last year, but Apia Park was barely half full as the Blues won. The majority of tickets cost upwards of $300, and despite their passion for the game, that price was way out of reach for most Samoans. So why is the New Zealand government toying with the idea of a Pacific-based team? What is the reason diplomats have been turning their minds to the oval ball? Although a feasibility study has been done, discussions continue and at this stage a permanent Pacific-based team playing on home soil remains only a proposition. But the enthusiasm from the region is undeniable. Samoa's Prime Minister and Head of the Nation's Rugby Union, Tuilepa Salele Malialinga Oi, believes such a team would be an absolute winner. It would be a tremendous excitement and tremendous support would be expected from all our people. And uh, the future, to me, of a super rugby team is uh, quite good. The former Fiji Sevens coach Ben Ryan was involved with a previous bid to launch a Pacific super rugby team in 2016. That failed due to a lack of enthusiasm from administrators, but now might be the time. You know, you could see the brand being incredibly marketable because they're, they're obviously... The brand of rugby they play would be exciting and heartwarming and successful. There's so many positives around it. You know, you would again hope if it's done well that they'll be having to, you know, shake off suitors that want to get involved um, because it, it could be an outstanding franchise. Certainly the most the most exciting rugby franchise, new franchise that's come out in the last decade. It would trump any of these other new teams that have popped up in Super Rugby or other competitions. Rugby teams throughout the world are packed full of players of Pacifica heritage. According to Pacific Rugby Players Welfare, 21.4% of players representing nations other than Fiji, Samoa and Tonga at the last Rugby World Cup were of Pacific Island descent. Sir Brian Williams, Sir Michael Jones and Jonah Lomu are just a few of the all-black greats to come from Pacific lineage, while current stars Waisake Naholo, Offa Tuunga Fasi and Shannon Frizzell were all born in the islands. Daniel Leo founded Pacific Rugby Players Welfare in 2016, a group set up to help support Pacific Island players in the United Kingdom and Europe. The former Manu Samoa captain is adamant the Pacific Islands need their own super rugby team and that the time for procrastination is long over. For as long as I can remember, um, you know, I played for the Pacific Islands uh, team in 2006, and that was really being heralded as you know the uh, you know the platform for a, a super rugby type, rugby team. That was almost 12 years ago. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's something that um, people are 
tired of hearing about now. You know, we want action. I think um, Super Rugby needs a Pacific Island side. You know, the um, product as a, as a whole is waning and, uh, you know, it's time for, for it to be rejuvenated. And in my opinion, um, a Pacific Island side would, uh, you know, definitely do that, revive the competition and, you know, and, and bring to rugby what it, and to the region what it needs. In New Zealand, the current government and the previous one both think the idea has merit. Last year, the then national government commissioned the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade to conduct a study into the feasibility of a Pacific-based super rugby team. Nationals spokesperson for foreign affairs, Todd McClay, explains what the thinking was at the time. It was about bringing the Pacific island countries closer to New Zealand, but also looking at where there might be both economic opportunities and you know, cross-culture. So we know that there are about 200 Pacific Islanders that play rugby professionally around the world, and we also know that the second largest uh, uh, amount of, um, of uh, transference uh, uh, from you know, around the world back to Pacific Islanders actually comes from professional rugby players. So rugby is dear to the heart of all New Zealanders. It certainly is you know, very, very strong in almost every Pacific Island nation. And so a conversation was had with a few ministers responsible for sport um, from Pacific countries, and there was agreement that uh, New Zealand would fund a feasibility study to see what the opportunities might be for there to be an additional super rugby team that is based on Pacific Island players. Now New Zealand relations with the region are overseen by the Foreign Minister Winston Peters. The importance with which he regards the region was indicated earlier this year when it was announced that foreign aid would be raised by more than $700 million over the next four years, with the Pacific receiving the bulk of the money as part of a Pacific reset strategy. In just the last month, Nauru played host to the Pacific Forum and the annual meeting of the region's leaders. There, Winston Peters moved to further cement relations by announcing that $10 million will be spent over the next three years on television for the Pacific region. But how does the Pacific rugby team fit into these diplomatic efforts? Speaking at the forum, Winston Peters denies there is any cynicism in such soft diplomacy. No, it's not. If uh, the love of sport um, transcends cultures and different peoples, well, that's marvellous. It's just like uh, those people who love boating... Those people, those people who love golf, those people who love tennis right now, people are watching in millions the uh, American Open out of New York. And it, if you look at the uh, spectators, all cultures are there, all from all over the world, and that, that's a great thing. The Foreign Affairs Study, carried out by accountants Crow Horworth in December last year, said a combined team comprising players from Fiji, Samoa and Tonga would be the best option to develop Pacific rugby. It recommended the proposed team be based in Suva and also play home games in Samoa and Tonga. But there were also suggestions such a team could play in non-Pacific cities elsewhere to capitalise on sponsors, connect with expat Pacifica communities, earn more at the turnstile and ease the financial burden on rugby fans back home. This would mean such a team would have a significant regional presence and has prompted comments about so-called rugby diplomacy, and efforts to ward off a growing Chinese influence. Jonathan Pryke is the director of the Pacific Islands program at the Lowy Institute, an Australian-based think tank. He says the Pacific now has genuine options over which development partners to work with and believes it would be a smart diplomatic move by New Zealand to show their support for a super rugby team in the region. The engagement of China has made the Pacific more empowered. 
and is giving them more more power in this relationship and in helping guide the way in which we're assisting these countries. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We could certainly do to listen more to our, our Pacific partners. But I think what we've seen in with regards to the super rugby team and other sort of commitments like this is a recognition that it's not just about giving more money. It's about investing more in the strengths in our relationship that other donors from not within this region might not have. So, And, and rugby is a perfect example of that. Jonathan Pryke says China is also recognising the importance of not just hard power through investments in infrastructure and money, but soft power elements as well of building closer relationships and support with Pacific nations. Here, the director of the New Zealand Contemporary China Research Centre, Jason Young, agrees that Beijing's role in the Pacific is growing. He says while New Zealand and Australia may have longer history in the region, there is a strong cultural affinity between how the Chinese government treats Pacific Island leaders and Pacific Island people. I read into the Pacific Reset the idea that for too long New Zealand has tried to say what is best for the Pacific, that this is what we think you need. Whereas I think that really goes against the grain of that trend within the Pacific, where Pacific Island leaders and, and, and communities want to say what's best for them. So in terms of the floating of the idea to have a rugby team, yeah, totally right. I mean, it really depends on whether or not Pacific Island countries want to have a uh, region-wide rugby team. Um, and if they do, then I think New Zealand and Australia are in really good position to support that and facilitate it, and it would be welcomed. The 33-page MFAT report suggests a Pacific Island-based team would attract Europe-based Pacific players coming to the end of their professional careers, as well as New Zealand and Australian-based Pacific players competing at super rugby and provincial level. Many involved in the sport feel it could be a massive shot in the arm for Pacific-based rugby and help players themselves find a way to combine playing top-level rugby with life at home or at least in the region. The former Tonga captain Inoki Afiaki represented his national side, the Ikale Tahi, at three World Cups and spent close to two decades playing professionally in New Zealand, Japan, Wales and France. Now settled back in Tonga's capital, Nuka'alofa, the former Wellington Hurricanes lock says a locally based super rugby team would be a major draw for Pacific players living abroad. It will definitely increase the number of Athletes wanting to be in, in, at home. You know, some some people prefer to be surrounded by family and friends. Uh, they might experience overseas and have had their fill of being overseas, and it's now time to come back. and And some might have uh, aging parents that they you know want to be close to um, during their last years and have their kids, you know, know their grandparents. So there's there's a whole host of reasons why they would come back, and, and obviously the number will increase. Um, and it's you know the the cost of living in the islands is 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 not too high, so you know you don't have to be paid that amount of money. Um, uh, similar to what the All Blacks have with with just playing for the playing in New Zealand, rather than take say five times what they get paid for the All Blacks to to play play at an overseas club. Those sort of soft values in life that um, that that you why you do something uh, come into play, and it's it's not usually about the money. It, it's one of, one, of, one of the priorities of that athlete at that part of his life. The current Tongan captain, Siali Piatau, is part of a strong Pacific contingent playing for Bristol in English rugby's top flight, including six Manu Samoa and two Ikaletahi internationals. On the sidelines of a national training camp, he said a Pacific-based team would also be a huge development for individuals, especially Pacifica players of the future. 
if there is a Super Rugby team, I, I think there's going to be be massive uh, influence on a lot of uh, young Tongan and, and Ireland players growing up, you know, seeing that there is a pathway to, to play professional rugby and uh, I think it's going to be great for not only the game but uh, for a lot of kids growing up uh, and seeing seeing sports or rugby as an as a opportunity to, to help their families and, and to see it as a career. Wellington Lions loose forward Greg Foy was born in Samoa before moving to New Zealand with his family as a teenager. He spent a lot of time in gyms training and now juggles his rugby career with training others. The 26-year-old represented the Samoa Sevens team and Samoa A before making his test debut for Manu Samoa in 2016. He says a super rugby team of their own would give Pacific players a choice that currently doesn't exist. You know, for a lot of uh, players, they, they look to go overseas and we're having a national, you know, like, uh, with, you know, in the Pacific will help hopefully retain our Pacific players and keep them in the southern hemisphere and play their footy here, whereas, which I think will help grow the Pacific. You know, rugby academies, um, especially from the young players coming through, um, they see a lot of their idols on TV and most of their idols are playing overseas in Europe. And, you know, whereas like New Zealand, you've got the All Blacks, they tour around, they have access to schools, they go visit schools, hospitals, and, you know, they're, they're the role models, you know, in, uh, in their countries where it would be good as a super Pacific rugby super team that um, it would be good if it was the same for them as well, you know, having visit Tonga, Fiji and someone having them accessible to be able to go back to schools and give back. But what progress is being made over making such a team a reality? Samoa's Prime Minister is in the midst of negotiations with Super Rugby's governing body, Sansa. Tuileipa Selele Malielinga Oi, who is also the chair of the Samoa Rugby Union, says the resources available to the governments of Samoa, Fiji and Tonga to fund a Pacific-based team are limited. We are being asked by the Centre Committee that we have to produce $12 million and we just don't have that kind of money. So to me, simply because of the finances, I would soon uh, refuse to provide any super rugby team, uh, any players from Samoa to join a super rugby team because we do not have the funds and the, the conditions that are being imposed uh, are impossible. RNZ understands that $12 million US dollars is the minimum annual investment demanded by Sansa for any suitors wishing to establish a super rugby franchise. The former Tongan captain, Inoki Afiaki, was technical director of the Singapore Rugby Union when they were overlooked for a super rugby berth in favour of the Japan-based Sunwolves. He says the economies of Fiji, Samoa and Tonga are not large enough to sustain a professional team on their own and believes New Zealand should step up to the plate. New Zealand will, um, government will need to underwrite it, in my view, and, and park it underneath the Pacific Reset programme that they're rolling out. In a way, it's allowing the Pacific Islands to now have a, have a source of revenue from the sports industry. And if we, if we do it with the guidance of, I would say, New Zealand rugby, that have been prudent in many years on how to make sure that they survive in this professional era because we, we don't have that skill set here. If we deliver to Starmall, Tonga and Fiji, I could see a lot of hurdles and we need the guidance of, uh, of New Zealand's expertise on this matter. Don't leave us with the, the task to do it on our own uh, without having uh, much experience. We have a ton of ex-players and some really good coaches out there, but in the administrative side, uh, no, we don't. we're not there yet. Aidan Clark from Pacific Rugby Players is another at the centre of negotiations about the proposed Pacific Islands team. He believes the New Zealand government would be a natural partner. 
given conversations I have with them and, and we have a really good relationship with uh, MFAT over a number of things that support player welfare and education is, you know, they, they have a, a remit across the Pacific in terms of helping the economies and, and they're obviously looking at this as a vehicle where they can assist that. Rugby, as we know, um, all of us know, is a huge part of uh, Pacific Island communities and culture and to have a professional team based predominantly in the islands would be fantastic for the economy, I'd imagine. But talk of funding makes the New Zealand Foreign Minister cautious. Winston Peters says New Zealand and the Pacific share a love of sport, particularly rugby, but played down suggestions the New Zealand government would be willing to foot the bill for a super rugby franchise. We have a sporting diplomacy aspect to foreign affairs in New Zealand. Uh, in fact, it helps us to further, uh, how shall I say, uh, prosecute the values that we have as a country. But uh, on this issue... The moment you start talking about financial backing, um, you'd have to know exactly at what level, how much and for how long, and whether over a period of time they would be financially self-sustainable as a addition to the uh, Super 18, I suppose, that will become by then. The National Party Foreign Affairs spokesperson, Todd McClay, says New Zealand spends the largest amount of its development assistance in the Pacific, and sport can be a legitimate way to help develop the region's economies and people. He says if the feasibility study shows there are opportunities for a Pacific team and economically it can work out, that is something the new government should look into, provided it's something the Pacific Island nations want to pursue. Pacific Island leaders are often joking with Australia and New Zealand that some of the reason our teams do so well is because of the Pacific Islanders that come here to play. So it's a very important part of culture and of the relationship we have with them. But we now know that compared to 15 or 20 years ago, uh, rugby is an economic uh, driver. It drives economies. You know, it's worth a huge amount to New Zealand. Actually, tourism alone, uh, you know, as well as the players themselves. And so there are a lot of Pacific Islanders who are very gifted at rugby. Not all of them have the opportunity to go and play overseas, and not all of the income that is that is earned the economic potential rests in the island. So it was an opportunity ministers saw to see what could could be done. He adds the intention behind the foreign affairs research was not for the New Zealand government to subsidise a Pacific Island rugby team. The study did point to World Rugby for possible assistance funding on the condition it helps develop rugby and the rugby community in the Pacific. But the former Fiji Sevens coach Ben Ryan believes the upsides and potential benefits of a Pacific-based team could attract enough interest from sponsors alone. Such a, a strong marketable team coming into a strong tournament, albeit with a you know a slightly unsure future in the short term, that hopefully that will get resolved. That there's no reason why that can't attract serious sponsors and a, and a serious um, investor or group of investors. There's absolutely no reason. And if they get it right, they don't need to ask for government or world rugby funding. They should be able to do or fund and do all of this commercially themselves. Tuilepa Selele Malielinga Oi believes a professional rugby team would be a major employment opportunity for the Pacific and would help to steer young people away from drugs and other criminal activities. Tuilepa says if the finances required to get a team off the ground cannot be found, a group of US-based Pacific sports people have expressed interest in bankrolling a Pacific super rugby team based in Hawaii. I think that is an opening for our Pacific team but uh, it will have to be based in Hawaii. We are still continuing uh, with uh, discussions. If uh, the Hawaiian uh, solution 
comes through, then we will have a super rugby team. Otherwise, uh, we are talking about an issue that we can never, never, never finance. We cannot afford it. And I think the Sansa uh, committee does not uh, see the burden that is borne by the three Pacific uh, Nations team. The Fiji, Samoa and Tonga rugby unions have all had their share of financial and governance issues in recent years. World Rugby suspended direct funding to the Fiji Rugby Union for much of 2014, citing its failure to implement key financial reporting, administration and governance reforms. In 2016, Tonga's rugby union and the Tongan government agreed to a package of reforms after talks with World Rugby that were designed to address unresolved administration and governance issues, the union's debt and outstanding legal cases. Meanwhile, the Samoa Rugby Union committed to implementing governance, management and financial reforms following talks with officials from the world governing body last year. Daniel Leo, who played 42 tests for Manu Samoa and the Pacific Islanders, says any Pacific-based super rugby team should have autonomy and competent leadership. In my opinion, it's got to be done independently of, of the national rugby bodies. You know, um, the uh, the unions of Tonga, Samoa and Fiji uh, aren't in the position to be able to, you know, to, to have the governance controls in place to be able to um, to effectively run a professional franchise Um I think they've proven um, that you know uh, time and time again they actually struggle to you know to maintain their own unions as amateur unions, uh, let alone in, in the professional era. So it's got to be done independently. Anoki Afiaki says there are a number of rugby administrators in New Zealand with an interest or heritage in the Pacific Islands who could help get a new team up and running. To be honest, well, we have no competency to run a professional team on the island. That's obvious. So are we confident to do one? If we're dumb, so yeah, so we're not. I don't. I don't think it's wise just to jump into it without using the helping aid of, of those in New Zealand that are at excess. We've got too many in the rugby industry in New Zealand. That's why they're all heading overseas. But I'm pretty sure some of them would love to work in the islands and have a. You know, if you're waking up to 20 degrees in the morning in uh, most days, uh, you know the options of being on the islands are quite nice. There are already arguments that to grow the player base in the Pacific, there needs to be a Samoan and a Tongan team in the Australian or New Zealand provincial domestic competitions. Fiji already has a team competing in Australia's National Rugby Championship. The Fijian and Drua finished third in their debut campaign last year and have 11 Flying Fijians internationals in their squad. Earlier this month, they thrashed a Brisbane City team that included Quade Cooper and Carmichael Hunt, 66 points to five in Latoka. Still with the ball though, and Drua. So Ireland was calling for the boys, almost going through, and here they come, and it's over. Head coach Senderosi Siravakula says the Fijian and Drua team view themselves as the first step towards a Pacific Islands Super Rugby team. This is a big opportunity for us to be in the. The NRC, and uh, we are grateful for the Australian Rugby Union uh, to allow us in this competition. We've got the facilities, and, and uh, to hold a, a Super Rugby game has been happening for the past uh, three years, and I don't see any reason why it, can, why it can't happen. Greg Foy says there are a number of players in the Pacific Islands who have the talent to make rugby a career path, but the absence of a local super team means they often fail to reach their potential. Well, some, that's all that they have. You know, they're... They're putting all their eggs in one basket, you know, they didn't do well in school and so sporting is their out. You know, and uh, back home in Samoa it's 
yeah, they have no choice. It's they have to get up and um, and catch that bus in the morning because it's not like um, there's certain times that the buses travel. So if you miss that bus, you're you're you're, miss, you're definitely mistraining. If they get a contract overseas, if they become a professional player, if they become successful in that sense, um, you know, often it's a way to support your family, isn't it, as well as supporting yourself. Yep, that's the end goal for most of those local players back home, is to get a contract and be able to send money back to their families. So what would a Pacific Island-based Super Rugby team, be it Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, wherever, what would that do to the aspirations of those young rugby players in the islands? It's another stepping stone for those players. You know, it's something to be like, oh, sweet, are we? There's a Super Rugby, and that's, you know, that'll be the next step. You know, for some of the boys back home, they don't, they're not sure where the rugby is going to take them because um, they're limited to the facilities and teams available to play. Whereas, if there was a Super Rugby team, that'll be a real for some kids. Yeah, it's like playing for the All Blacks. Whereas kids back home is like, oh, okay, you know, here's my next challenge, and it's and because it's close to home, it's 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 achievable. Daniel Leo says a locally based team would also give young rugby fans in the Pacific role models to look up to and be inspired by. It's immeasurable, really, you know, the, the amount that, um, you know, having access, being able to reach out and touch, you know, their the, the, the boy, you know, their heroes and interact with those heroes if they're living on island or, or they're coming and visiting um, would have on, on, a, on a country like Tonga. And then you said, you know, providing that, that pathway and, uh, you know, for, for players to develop and, and maintain uh, in, the, in the region, you know, a lot of the, the issues that we uh, dealing with over here um, stem from social isolation and this huge migration of Pacific Islands. Over, you know, over a thousand players of uh, Pacific Island heritage now uh, living abroad. And uh, given, you know, some, a lot of those guys have been born in New Zealand and Australia now. Uh, the diaspora of, um, of Pacific Island is quite huge. We've got guys, uh, you know, that are considered Pacific, you know, consider themselves as Pacific Islanders who have been born in the states and are now playing in, uh, in uh, you know, in, in England. So um, that's that's constantly changing. Um, we need to evolve with that. But um, what this team would do for those guys who are uh, in the islands who are leaving and being recruited at young ages and coming, um, you know, to, and, and being lost to, to those sides uh, would be huge. Sanzar is yet to confirm the long-term makeup of Super Rugby when the current broadcast deal expires in 2020. The chief executive Andy Marinos said earlier this year that all options remain on the table. And New Zealand rugby boss Steve Chu says the Sansar board hopes to sign off on the final competition structure when it meets in London in a month's time. The Pacific Rugby Players CEO Aidan Clark says until they know what the future format will be, any talk of a Pacific-based super rugby team will remain just that. The most significant uh, barrier I feel is, is definitely around this potential franchise or team out of the Pacific meeting those financial criteria um, and the stadia and the medical and the, and the player welfare aspects. But, um, yeah, another can, large consideration is around uh, Sanzar's plans for their competition going forward and the package that they then um, provide to the potential broadcaster and what that's going to be worth. That programme was written and presented by Vinnie Wiley. If you'd like to discover some great listening, you can head to our page at rnz.co.nz forward slash insight, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, tourists and our iconic outdoor spaces. Who should pay to keep them that way? I'm Philippa Tolley, and that's all from Insight for today. Join us again next week. (laughs) 